Welcome to episode 12 of No Crying in Baseball. I'm Patty, and I'm here with my friend Potty Mouth. Who is freezing her ass off because we're in D.C. Actually, it'd be worse if we were more north. But it's damn cold, and we don't even have the hot stove hot. We don't. And so we're drinking hot toddies, and we're thinking about weather because there's a bomb cyclone. A bomb cyclone. That's one I've never heard before. But you know who's into that? There's a baseball-related story to the bomb cyclone. There's got to be a baseball-related story. So Mike Trout, who is from New Jersey, even though he's a California boy right now, apparently is a weather nerd. Everyone says if he didn't have superhuman baseball powers, he would be a weatherman. He'd be a meteorologist. He's pals with Jim Cantori of the Weather Channel and apparently has been texting him constantly about the bomb cyclone and including his wife on on his Twitter feed and all of that. And she finally said, his wife finally said, if I get one more weather map, I'm going to mute these notifications. Yeah, and it's a new wife. Like, they just got married recently in this offseason. I don't think he had an old wife, but yes. Well, well, <laughs> a recently acquired wife. But I don't blame her for getting a little bit sick of that. So we're cold, and we're going to try to warm up. And we, we are really reaching here for hot stove news. So It's such a lukewarm stove. It's not even funny. There's only been one mediocre trade this past re- week. And the only reason why it's any news and why we should mention it is because it's a strategy thing. So... It's a three-way, it's a three-way a deal. Three-way. That, that made a, it a lot warmer in here. I don't it's, know. It's a three-way going on from the Royals to the Dodgers to the White Sox. And the Royals moved two to the Dodgers and the Dodgers kept one and then moved one to the White Sox. But the bottom line is both the Royals and the Dodgers are trying to get rid of money. And the White Sox are happy because they got a couple of relief pitchers. They get to beef up their bullpen and not much money spent. So dumping money Getting cheap relief pitchers, that's the only fucking story we have for the hot stove this week. So I actually saw somewhere where where um, someone's calling January the new December. <laughs> because it used to be that everything happened in December. And if you weren't traded in December, it was bad. Now everyone is sort of laying the groundwork. Like you said, it's the strategery everywhere. But I know that what's going to happen is we're going to turn off our phones right after podcasting. And there's going to be this like, boom, Jake Arietta goes to, you know. I hope so. Fuck. Well, then we'll just have to get right back down here and record. So here we are in your nation's capital thinking about political news. We had weather news. We had a tiny little bit of lukewarm stove. And now we have something about the White House. Astros won the World Series. They don't go to Disneyland. They get the invitation to the White House. How'd that go over in Astros land? Well, they had just sort of a canned response. You know, they're honored to get the invitation. And they've accepted the invitation for the team. But that does not mean that all the members of the team are going to go. And this happened just yesterday, I think, or today. So there's not news yet about which team members have what ideas of what they want to do. But there was a story back in November when the World Series finished about what the players were saying and and who wanted to go and who didn't want to go. One of the, the, the pitchers, Colin McHugh, has a long-running Twitter rant he he got on top of Trump's attitude about locker room talk. Understandably, because that was a big diss against people in the sports world. Right. So, so you know, then, you know, candidate Trump, right, he was saying, well, you know, this is just how guys talk in the locker room. And Colin McHugh said, I don't know what locker rooms you've been in, yeah, but I am proud that. to say that this is not what happens in the Astros locker room. So he's got a long running thing. So he... I would guess he was not going to go. But my favorite response was um, Alex Bregman said, I'll do whatever Carlos Beltran and Carlos Carrera do. I think that's a pretty good barometer right there. So we'll see what happens. Mm, Jeter hate. 
Oh, we love and hate Jeter. Hate to love Jeter, love to hate Jeter. So there's a new series in the newspaper in um, in Miami about Jeter's plan because I think it's turned, it's become an investigative reporting project now because no one really knows what the actual plan is outside of more Latin music. Yeah, well, and also Jeter doesn't talk to the press. Right. That's like one of his things. So you got to do some investigative So they're, they're, they're trying to, you know, to, to pry out the information. And one of the things the budget says is there they are assuming a $7.5 million increase in ticket revenue this year. That's the Latin music. That's the Latin hey. music because it's not their superstars because their superstars are all gone. I don't know how they're going to do this, but that's in the plan. Well, you know, I have a suggestion for Mr. Jeter do because tell. I'm sure he was listening to us last week when I gave him the suggestions. Excuse me, Mr. Jeter. Do you know that when Art Moreno took over the Angels in 2003, he lowered the beer prices. That's going to go over a lot better than Latin or in combination with the Latin music. Oh, that's see? just awesome. That would be lower the beer plus. prices. He also lowered the ticket price prices. I can't imagine the Marlins charge a lot for tickets, but I think that's where you, you got to look for success. But you know, not a lot of people were going last year when they had big names. So I don't know what's going to make the difference. But I'm amused that they've said, "Oh, sure, we're going to have this increase in revenues." But there is a happy baseball ticket story. Oh, cool. So the Oakland A's are celebrating their 50th anniversary in Oakland, and they're doing that by offering free general admission tickets to a home game in April. And there's two cool things about that. One is it's general admission. You go early. You can get a really good seat that you could never afford any other time. And the second thing is it's against the White Sox, so they have a fighting chance of actually winning. (laughs) <laughs> Your brother-in-law is going to love to hear that one. But general admission baseball, that just sounds awesome. So I, I want to go. Fun. I want to go. Field trip. Field trip. Time for boyfriends. We have Rangers and we have Pirates boyfriends this time. What you got? As I was saying last week, I am so fucking excited. I have such good boyfriends this week. I'm probably yelling too loud, but I am so happy. Um, the bummer is I didn't get a catcher. And I knew last week that I wasn't going to get a catcher. I know I need a catcher. We have a lot of teams still to go through. There's two really good reasons why I don't have a catcher. And number one, as soon as we said Rangers last week, Adrian Beltre just like rang in my head. And I was so excited to do more research on him and get some info on him. And he's just awesome. I mean, first of all, he's 38 years old. So that's like getting up there, irrespectable for us scoping out the boyfriend's situation. He's been in Major League Baseball for over 19 years. Wow. But he was actually drafted by the Dodgers at age 15. That can't be right. That is not right. Or that can't be legal. Well, that is, that's exactly it. It's not legal. It happened. It was not legal. He, the Dodgers lost a year of being able to talk to the Dominican Republic because of it, but they got him and they kept him for seven years. And then he was in the Mariners for another five years and then in the, uh, one year in the Red Sox and then seven years in the Rangers where he's happily hanging out now. And before I go a little bit more into Beltre's amazing character, I have to briefly mention an anti-boyfriend that I have for the Rangers and that's Rugned Odor. You made up that name. I did not make up the name, and I'll call him Rugi just to piss him off because he apparently gets pissed off pretty quickly. He is sort of renowned for having a little bit of a scuffle with Bautista of the Blue Jays. So this was back in the American League playoffs in 2015. Something weird happened where Rugned 
didn't really have a hit but got on base. And then the next go around, Bautista got a home run and won the game and then flipped his bat and pissed everybody off. And this is another case of holding grudges because the next season, 2016, there was a little bit of a scuffle. Somebody gets drilled. But the the part it was payback, right? Was, I mean, it, it was, was just totally straight payback. up payback for Tot- the year before. Yeah, and and the the issue that they focused on was the Bautista bat flip. So what happens is Bautista hard slide into second, not really sliding into second, sliding into Odor. Odor just hauls back and fucking punches Bautista in the face, and there's this like reaction shot of Bautista's face going Ugh, from the punch, and then the bench is clear. Beltre bear hugs Bautista to confine him. Wait, other team. Other team. Yeah. Bench is clear. The the Blue Jays don't go after Beldre. They leave him alone and everybody focuses on the brawl around Odor. And, and Beltre's got Bautista. They're buds. They're Dominican buds. And everybody knew Beltre's a cool guy. He's not going to hurt him. He's just saving his ass. And everybody's going. And he's like to his teammate, you're the one who's taken on this brawl. So that's just a little bit of an intro to Beltre's character, that he's that kind of guy. He's the kind of guy that everybody jokes around with, except one. Oh, and and that won him the Insurance Personality of the Year Award last year. That was part of it, plus the fact that he, he got his 3,000th hit last year, which I think was part of getting him the, the Personality of the Year Award. But uh, there's only 31 players who have done that total. I think that's a little bit of a ticket into the Hall of Fame. Beyond the 3,000 hits, he's also hit for the cycle three times. And he is the only MLB player in history to do it both as a visitor and as a host in the same stadium. So he hit for the cycle for the Mariners when he was at the Rangers, and he hit for the cycle for the Rangers when he was at the Rangers. Yeah. And you, you, that's, would, you would think that you couldn't get any cooler than exactly. hitting for the cycle, and then you can. Well, you got to say a guy like that has a lot of balls. So he, uh, he has a lot of balls where you so that? much that he does not wear a cup. The man does not wear an athletic supporter. He has been in Major League Baseball over 19 years, and he doesn't wear a cup. And so one would say, well, that's only going to be good until it's not so good. Natural consequences. And he actually had a natural consequence. In 2009, he was the second worst testicular accident (laughs) in Mariner's history. Beltre was nailed in the nuts by a line drive in the ninth inning of a tied game. What does he do? Well, it's the ninth inning, right? He's about done. It's the ninth inning, but the game was tied. Yeah. And and there were no more infielders to sub in if he had gone out because there had already been some sub outs because a guy had a hamstring pull or some such shit before he got nailed in the nuts. How long did he have to play? He played five more innings with a testicular contusion. And he actually had to he, – he didn't hit it, but he was the winning run. So he had to do some running or at least getting around the bases. And after that, he was out for several weeks. And he said actually that his his nut, singular apparently, swelled to the size of a grapefruit. And I think the quote was uh, – he said, my testicle got the size of a grapefruit. Thank God it didn't really damage everything. Everything is okay. So he survived it. So he still doesn't wear a cup. And they're like – fucking don't you want to put one on now? And he said, no, once every 11 years, I'll take my risk. Oh, my God. Yeah. So 
still doing that. And today, so the reason, the uber reason to talk about him is today, January 5th, is the anniversary of his signing with the Rangers in 2011. Very nice. Five years, $80 million when he was 32. And now look at him. And since then, he's been the third most valuable player, wins above replacement in his mid to late 30s. Hope for us old folks. So I love Adrian Beltre. So let me summarize. You picked Beltre because he's old. He has a testicular accident which caused him to swell up like a grapefruit. There was a bench-clearing brawl. And yeah, okay, I get this. I see where you're going. You you, you know, you suddenly have a new set of stats for what you see how I was very Wait, selective about that? There were the three thousand hits, the over yeah. three hundred average. I like my description better. Let me tell you about my guy. All right. What's your guy? So my guy, Elvis Andrews, turns out to be sort of your guy's pal. On oh, totally the field. buddies. Totally so, buddies. As with the Nationals and Trey Turner and my boyfriend, Anthony Rendon, being pals on the field, there is so much um, video and stories about these two, about Elvis and, and Beltrite, messing around on the field. We're going to put a video up about this. They're always fighting over who gets to make that catch. They're drawing lines on the field like you can't go past this line. Because we're dealing with third base and shortstop. We're dealing with third base and shortstop. So Elvis, okay. he's um, another Venezuelan. That just keeps happening with us. Hey, Alberto, our Venezuelan friend out there listening. So part of that for me is, of course, my guy, Omar Vizquel, was his hero growing up. But also, so he, um, so Elvis Andrews was the Rangers player of the year for this past season. Wait, what? Really? Yeah, really. Wow. Um, he led the team with a 297 average, which isn't like a huge average, but it was still the best on the team. And um, part of what, what's happening with him, he had, a, he had a career year. He was converting from being a slap hitter to being a power hitter. So that increased his home runs. That increased his doubles. That increased his RBIs. He wasn't just, you know, you know, a slap bunt to get on first. He was hitting it harder, getting more people in, which is pretty, pretty cool. And then he's also a good community guy. Um, he does a lot of work with the Down Syndrome Guild of Dallas and raises a lot of money for them. And I watched a video about that and burst into tears. And it might mm. be because I'm a little sick and I'm kind of under the weather and I, I can't like control my emotions right now. But it did make me cry just a little bit. Aww. Yeah, but it's good. So these guys are pals. And that made me happy, too, because just like we're pals. There you go. That's exactly and, it. And that's part of the boyfriend thing, too. These are guys we want to hang out with for a variety of reasons, whether it being hit in the nuts by a ball or like doing I good... still don't see how that's a draw. Yeah, no, no, not a draw. Tell me about the pirate. I So I can't even tell you like how excited I am about these guys that I got to pick this week. So with the pirates again, first I went to look at the catcher and man, the catcher is Cervelli, who comes from the Yankees and I'm not holding that part against him. But he used to wear this fucking goofy helmet. And it's, you know, I shouldn't diss on him for it because he's doing it for safety reasons. I think he got beamed once. But he really looked like the great gazoo from the Flintstones. And I was just like, I can't have the great gazoo for my boyfriend. So then I looked, what do I need? I need outfielders. And I was thinking McCutcheon because, you know, face of the franchise. And then I thought, either he belongs to you because of you talking about his baby or there's a good reason why we shouldn't be picking him. And then I went to Starling Marte, who had good numbers, and oops, suspended for steroid use last for year. 80, 80 days or 80 games? A lot. It was a lot. And I thought, you know what? I'm not going to start that way. And so I was looking around the outfield and the other names there, and Sean Rodriguez came up all over the outfield. Well, no joke. He 
comes up officially for right field, but he's also left field. I think nobody can touch center because that's McCutcheon's spot. But also he comes up for first base, second base, shortstop, and third base. This man is utility with a capital U. And so then I was thinking, hmm, that's an interesting thing. Let me look into him a little more. Looking at his picture, total future candidate for the facial hair segment. And then he's old, right? He's been around for a while. Started in 08. Eight with the Angels, and he's been all over the place. Angels, Tampa, Pittsburgh, Atlanta, he was supposed to go to for two years. And that was a couple years ago, 17. He was supposed to be there 16, 17, or seven, maybe 17, and then this year. So I was looking at his stats, and they were really mediocre. And then 2016 jumped out as a really good year. It was like 270. And then 2017 tanked again, and he's split between Atlanta and Pittsburgh, and I'm wondering what's going on. Turns out this car accident, in the off-season, he was involved in a car accident in Miami where his car with his wife and his two kids was hit by a stolen cop car. Yikes. Fucked him up. Messed him up. Huge shoulder injury. Out for most of the season. Gets brought in for Atlanta in the end of July, something like that. Barely plays for them and gets traded back to Pittsburgh. Has to haul his family back. At least he's going back home. And the first game back in Pittsburgh, walk-off home run. That should tell a good story right there. There you go. And then I thought, cool, this is a great guy. And I looked a little bit more, and everybody has their sore spots. And this one not only is a little bit of a, all right, we got to work on this a little bit, but also just cracked me up because I love the video result of this. He got in a fight with a cooler, with a Gatorade cooler. With a cooler. Yep. He fucking cooler through the first punch, right? So he did throw the first punch, but there's the best YouTube little compilation of this fight going back and forth between him and the cooler that we've got to put up. What actually happened is it was a high energy wild card game. 2015 against the Cubs. Something happens in the field. Somebody gets drilled. The bench is empty and he's all fucking out there. And somehow... Dave Ross from the Cubs' hand got around his neck. Whoops, I hate when that happens. It is. So Ross has this huge statement about how it was accidental and, you know, how it is in those big brawls and everybody's on top of each other and he doesn't know how his hand got on his neck. But for Rodriguez, he's already, like, high energy. He's already pissed off. He thinks somebody's fucking choking him. He's going to haul off and nail a few dudes, which I guess is what happened. And he's the one who gets, like, pulled out of this and immediately suspended pissed off in the dugout, turns around. What kind of target does he have? The Gatorade cooler. And he just looks like a boxer wailing at this cooler. The internet goes ballistic. And immediately the cooler had a Twitter account. Like, what did I do? And there's this great YouTube thing that we're going to put out there. The, The best part of it is that several weeks later, he actually, Sean Rodriguez, issued a formal apology on Twitter to, to, the to the Gatorade cooler. Really? To the cooler. Oh, I was yes. just kidding. Really? He said, he said, um, I have, a, he, he said on Twitter that I have apologized to the cooler and he's forgiven me as Christ forgives all. <laughs> yes. He said that. Good God. So despite all these things, I think that Sean Rodriguez has a lot going for him and he's just, you know, fun to talk about anyway. So I was psyched about these guys this week. So to summarize. <laughs> oh, no. Old guy? injuries, bench-clearing brawls, and anger management issues. Do you see how I pulled out what I want to hear? Uh, All right. Well, you've got my type. (laughs) 
I'm going with the young guy this time. Hey, hey. I picked Josh Bell. I totally would have gone with with McCutcheon, as you predicted. And that's how I know we're good friends. You know my type. You knew yeah. that he would be my, my first pick. Well, there are a lot of rumors that he's on the trading block right now. So I thought I would pick somebody who's got legs, who's probably going to be with the Pirates for longer than another minute and a half. Makes sense. So as it turns out, Kutch has taken Josh Bell, the first baseman, 25-year-old rookie. This is his rookie rookie season, kind of under his wing. And sort of the, the, the common knowledge right now is that they're grooming Josh Bell to be the new face of the franchise. So when Kutch goes, it'll be Josh Bell. So they've got this great little sort of mentor-mentee relationship right now. He had an amazing rookie year. He placed third in the National League Rookie of the Year voting. Right. Right. So that's huge. Right. He's a switch hitter. So there is a stat for everything. He has the he set a record for the most homers by National League rookie switch hitter. Which wow. seems How kind many of, of specific. I, I just don't know. But the interesting thing is he didn't pick up switch hitting later. A lot of people do it to kind of get ahead in the majors when they get there, like to, to distinguish them from other people. Turns out his dad, who was an athlete, not a ball player, but an athlete, when uh, when Josh was young, could see that he was you know a little bit ambidextrous, so he had him switch hitting t-ball and little league. That's good parenting. So right there. he's been doing this forever. Dad knows in this one. Um, so he's young. He doesn't have his own charity action yet. His his own thing that he has picked, but he's been going along when the team shows up at a senior living center or you know the community centers and all of that. And he said, which I thought was pretty nice for a rookie, he said, the game is one thing, but reaching out to your community and doing what you can when you can is more important. But that was very cool. That's admirable. That's sweet. Another thing that speaks to his state of mind, he's he gets nervous. I mean, he's his rookie year, right? So he's going up against these pitchers that have been, you know, all-stars and all of that. And he has come down to this mantra of let's play instead of let's panic. Nice. Which I thought was really great. And then um, McCutcheon says the good thing for him as far as bringing him up being reasonable and grounded and all of that, it's a good thing that he's not a Yankee or a Dodger <laughs> because there are not 30 you know, members of the media in the locker room all the time. You're not being hounded all the time. So he has a chance to kind of grow into what he's going to be. On his own, at his own time. So I'm going with Josh Bell. So next week, when we talk about boyfriends, we have to we have a three way tie. We have oh angels, royals, rays. So I'm thinking alphabetical. We probably go angels. Yeah, which should be an interesting pick um, for American League, and then ha Marlins for National League, which should be all kinds That's of fun. That's going to be wicked fun. Who the fuck is left there? Who are we going to have to look I at? I don't know. It's going to be a fun week trying to figure that out. Shit. So grooming. It's our grooming segment. So I think part of what you have is sort of personality grooming. Yeah. Well, I just want to flash back to that little bit of an incident with Odor. Rugned Odor has a scruff all his own. So like his beard is definitely worth looking at in this segment because he's one of those guys who it looks like, you know, tried to grow a beard. And most guys with this situation would look in the mirror and say, you know what? I guess I'm just not one of those guys who can grow a beard. But that didn't hold him back. He just grew it and didn't stop it. And it's just this weird, scruffy, irregularly 
placed on his uh, cheeks kind of thing. Does, so. he, does he get points for tenacity? Not I, giving up? I, he He's definitely got this streak in him. So his also his name, right, Rugnet. I was like, where the fuck does that come from? So I call up Alberto, our Venezuelan friend. Is this a common name in Venezuela? No, never heard of it before. Had to do some research. First thing I found out, his brother named Rugnet. His father named Rugnet. Turns out that his Rugned comes from his grandparents. So Douglas on one side was the Doug, and then Nedia on the other side was the Ned. So it should be Dugned with the accent. But they have this other weird thing in his family, and I'm allowed to say weird. All the all the other articles that I wrote about that I read about this were like, we can't say weird, but we can say weird. They have this thing in their family with everybody has an R name if they're male. So they change the D to an R, and he's Rugned, as is his brother and his father. And he has an uncle, Ruglis, and two cousins named Ruglis. Wait, Ruglis? Ruglis, yeah. yeah. Less, they, less Rug than the other ones? I think they're less than Ned. Like, they probably don't have the Nadia in their lineage and just the Douglas. He must have been a fucking amazing guy to get his name all over the place. So anyway, that's just a little extra extra information about our friend Odor with the scruff on his face. I have only one grooming tip. tip. But it's a positive one, right? It's a positive one. I needed a little bit of beauty and I needed some hockey because it's freaking cold outside. So I've been watching some hockey. The Washington Capitals, their number one prospect is Swedish. And I can't not figure out how to pronounce his name. The internet was not helpful. The little magic box was not helpful. It's Axel Johnson Fajalbi? Fajalbi? I don't know. I may have to go to Ikea and, and show them and say, <laughs> what do I do? How do I put That's this together? Great. I have the Allen wrench. Yes. I can do this. But I think hockey hair and I think <laughs> mullet, right? Not our pal Axel. Axel has flowing tresses. He has locks. They are beautiful. So I'm going to share a photo on our Facebook page so you can all have a moment of beauty in your very busy days to just kind of sit back and say, <sighs> yeah, and he either is really good at shaving or doesn't need to do so yet because he's, he's a young boy. Yeah, very clean with with long tresses. We have talked in the past about women in sports, but not a lot about women in baseball. But this time we've got some some people to tell you about. There's a little bit of good news, which I think is great. Haley Alvarez, age 24. A child, a mere child. A mere child was named the A's new scouting coordinator, not just a scout. She is the scouting coordinator. And she's the first woman in this position for the A's. I'm wondering how many other teams have have had a woman in this position. She interned with them two years ago and she knocked their socks off. So they actually sent her to scouting school. She roomed with Amanda I didn't know Hopkins. there was scouting school. I didn't either. I want to go to scouting school. Like, will somebody send us to scouting school? I hope so. That would be really cool. In our retirement. I think that's a good plan. These women are young, though. She she roomed with Amanda Hopkins, who I think is about the same age, and she was the first female scout, period, in 50 years. But I think- Wait, Hale, for what team? Uh, she was with the Mariners. So yeah. two different teams, but they're roommates. I like right, it. Right. So there you go. And and Alvarez had been around. She was actually an intern in 2016 for my beloved Red Sox. She got a job with the Reds after there and then moved on to the A's. So I wish her luck. And I think she's a great role model for young women who are trying to get into the business. 24. So another good role model is this woman that I found when I was doing a little research called, um, her name is uh, Linda Alvarado. She's a co-owner 
of the Rockies. And one of the things that she does is she brings school kids, primarily girls, into the press box, into the front office to show them here are the kinds of things you can do in sports. You can become a sports journalist. You can do marketing. You can do management. You can do anything. It's a business, right? So anything you can do in business, you can do in the business of sports. And she finished her discussion by saying, but I really tell them what you want to be is the owner, which I liked. Now, Forbes, which has lists for everything about the most influential people and the richest people and the most important people, has a list of um, the 26 most powerful women in sports. Only The only baseball ones who were there were owners, except hmm. for one. Kim Ng is 49, closer to, to my age, so there's age. hope for me. She is the senior vice president for baseball operations for all of Major League Baseball. And a very cool thing about her is there are a lot of predictions out there that she will be the first, first woman general manager in Major League Baseball. So there's lots of avenues for, for women in baseball, and they're starting to open up to Excellent. younger women. And so there's, there are career paths there, and I'm going to pay attention to that a little bit more in the future. The week ahead, if January really is the new December, maybe the hot stove will heat up. We're waiting. We, there's a lot of stuff that's left to happen. I there, mean, Darvish is still out there. Arietta's still out there. I mean, other than the, the trade you talked about, it was mostly rumors. Like, is Hosmer going to the Royals? Is he going to the Padres? Is McCutcheon going to the Giants? Is he going to the Mets? Uh, you know, the, my favorite rumor that has been played is, is Martinez going to the Red Sox? Because I did talk about that in our last episode. So if he does end up there, it sounds like an offer may have been made. I will be so happy. So thank you, Red Sox management, for listening to this podcast. I read an article about how much is Martinez actually worth. Oh, really? And the... The algorithm for figuring out what his worth is for the coming years and sort of playing it out for there was a lot of very specific math involved, which I don't normally fear, but there was so much that I actually heard a buzzing in my head. So I had to stop. I'm like, okay, there are people paid big money to figure this out. Yeah, that's not going to be me. So the other thing that's happening next week is we mentioned a couple episodes ago about Major League Baseball possibly instituting a pitch clock. Right. To try to speed up the game. It turns right. out that Major League Baseball and the Players Association are going to meet next week and talk about some ideas for speeding up the game. Um, I heard one more thing about the pitch clock, which mm. made it make more sense. It would only be in effect if there's nobody on base, which answers a lot of the questions that we had about how do you manage this pitch clock if you're trying to pick off somebody at first and all of that. Um, it's interesting that they're actually going to elicit opinions from the players and not just you know, go top down and say, here's what we think that we're sh- we should do. And that's a really good way to start it with nobody on base. I mean, why not take baby steps, try it out that way, and then see where the game goes from there. So we'll be back with more on that and what they come up with. In the meantime, do we have a spring training countdown? I am so excited about this. We are in 39 days. We're under 40? Under 40, six hours, 18 minutes, and a matter of seconds. Oh, I'm so happy to hear that. Me too. In the meantime, in the rest of the long, cold, bomb cyclone winter, please find us on Spotify and Apple Podcast and Stitcher and wherever you get your podcasts. Subscribe so you don't miss a single episode. Find us on Facebook where you can talk back to us and learn more about what we've said and what, you, and what we're going to talk about in the future. Thanks for listening. See you next time.
hey, so. time to stock up for winter on the Florida Canyon. Mm -hmm.